I'm Moti, Moti Bakari. Um, I'm one of the leaders here in this church. That's my husband, Nick. Um, <laughs> he's a great husband, actually. Um, yeah, give him a round of applause for the, <laughs> for the work of the Spirit in him as a, as a good husband. I have two sons over there, Tim and Jesse. And it's a great privilege to do this. Um, can you hear the nervousness in my voice? I'm extremely nervous. But I really believe that um, God sets me up for this. So even though I'm nervous, I'm afraid. Well, I wouldn't use the word fear. I'm not afraid, but I'm nervous. But I'm with family, right? I'm with my brothers and sisters, so you help me. We're doing this together this morning. Um, in July, I got an email from Nigel. And um, it was sent to Nick, but I was copied in. And usually I'm, in, I'm copied in some of the emails that I sent to Nick for the preach dates and things to do or, you know, when Nigel is trying to do who's doing what. And so he sent some preach dates to Nick and I was reading the email and then I saw this date, 10th of September, multi question mark. And honestly, my heart catapulted like 50 times in a split second. I was like, what? You know, but it was such a weird thing because in that moment, a scripture dropped in my heart right there that I knew that if I was to say yes to this, that is what God wanted me to speak about. But I still didn't respond. Nick sent all his responses. And I hoped that maybe Niger would forget or maybe it was a typo error or something. And... Um, but you all know how diligent Nigel is. So he chased up. And I was like, yes, I will. And here I am today. So, <laughs> so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for, the, for this opportunity. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will speak into the hearts of your people today, that you speak into their spirit, that, Lord, you will do a new thing, even with what you want to do today in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you're always about a good work and a new work in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the scripture that God gave me that day is in the book of Romans. The book of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. If you're struggling to find out where Romans is, it's after the book of Acts and before the book of Corinthians. And so it says, I'm reading from the NLT version. And it says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And there's another version, the NKJV version, that says, be not conformed. I sometimes like some of these old, um, like King James, because that's what I grew up in. So it makes, it rings a bell. So I went looking. And it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good an acceptable and perfect will of God. And so that's the scripture that I feel God gave me for today. So the title of my message, I think, is Be Ye Transformed. Or is it? Be, yeah, Be Ye Transformed. 
And so I was looking in this scripture, and I decided to go back to the beginning of Romans because this is chapter 12. So what was Paul saying before chapter 12? And as you know, Paul wrote lots of letters in that time. He wrote to the church in Ephesus, church in Colossae, the church in Corinth. And so he was writing to the church in Rome at this time. Paul was encouraging, as you know, to the Romans, the church in Rome. Rome. And he he first of all established the position of the gospel. He established the sinfulness of humanity, the forgiveness of sin through Christ Jesus. Our freedom that we have in, in, um, in God and freedom that we have from sin. He also explained our justification that we have in Christ Jesus. When you put your faith in Christ Jesus, you're justified. You are just as if you knew no sin. I heard that a while back. It's not my saying. I got it from somewhere. You're just as if you knew no sin. You're new in Christ. So then Paul then went on in chapter 12 to practically explain what it looks like to be a Christian. And so it's, it's a way of saying that Christianity looks like something. So I was wondering, and while I was thinking about this, it was sort of like, why, why this? Why out of all these scriptures, why, why this? And it didn't really make that much sense to me until last week I went out for a walk. And I felt God remind me that earlier in the year, we were studying the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, one of my key takeaways was Daniel was such a nonconformist. Daniel and his friends made decisions in that time to serve God regardless of the consequences. They didn't give in to the pressures of the culture They didn't absorb the spirit of the culture. They had a sense of purpose in God. And then after Daniel, we went on to the kingdom series, where we were reminded that God is sovereign. God wants to reactivate us. We had a call to intimacy with God. God is seeking his kingdom in our everyday life. And that God's kingdom comes through a transformed people. So when I was reminded that, it kind of like made sense. I thought, all right, God, I see what you're saying here. So it's almost like God is going back to those things that he's taught us at the beginning of the year. That Don't forget this. This is how I'm going to do this. I'm going with a transformed people. So when we look at being not conformed, what does that mean? To not, the word conformed. It means to comply with rules, standards, and laws. To comply, to obey, to abide by, keep to, hold to, adhere to. So when Paul is saying to the church in Rome, do not conform, he's saying don't comply with, don't obey, don't abide by, don't keep to the laws and the standards of the world. And that's what he's saying to us today. And then transformed, what does that mean? To transform means to make a marked change from one state to another. So when you're transformed, there is a change, there's something visible that you can see, although it's an inwork of the spirit from within. So 
So faith in Christ Jesus looks like something that is different to the world around us. We're called to not live or ought not to live by the standards of the world, which means we live by a different value system. We live by a different belief system. Our perspectives in life changes. So, for instance, your perspective on marriage, for instance, it's not the same as the world. The world will say, let's go habits, let's try, let's see what we're doing. That's not what the Bible says. It means you change the way you see things. Your work life changes. The way you see money, your parenting, business life, your choices, your decisions. God is interested in every aspect of our lives. The Bible says that we're in the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So that's one of the reasons I, see, I think Paul wrote that. The second reason that I think Paul was saying that is to, is to help Christians like you and I in Rome at that time understand that we have a role to play in our transformation. We have a role to play in the transformation process. The transformation process, you could say, is like our sanctification, which is a work of the Spirit, changing us from one thing. I mean, the aim of being here is you transform to more like the image of Christ Jesus. And that's a process of the Holy Spirit. But we have a role to play in that. So if we go back to where we read in chapter 12, verse 2, it says, but let God transform you. Let God. That's an active thing. That's a decision. You allow God to transform you. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 24. I'm going to read that again. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Is that what again? Let, let, allow, let the Holy Spirit renew you. Being transformed is a work of God through the Holy Spirit. But we need to allow the Holy Spirit to change us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. The renewing of our mind is what leads to our transformation because it's an inward thing, inward thing that works outwards. And part of how that happens is we need to understand who God is. We need to know who God is. We were singing today about one of the qualities of God. He has many qualities. 
It has many names, and they're in the Bible. We need to understand his love for us, his love for you, his love for me, that he gave his only son. Understanding that you are justified in Christ Jesus, your salvation is secure. If you put your faith in Christ Jesus, nothing can take that away. You are justified. You are secure in Christ Jesus. Your salvation is secure in Christ Jesus. You are who God says you are in the Bible. And this, I believe, right, that is like the core of my message today. Because we know all of this stuff by reading this book, the Bible. In the Bible, God tells us who we are. He tells us who he is. He tells us what he's done. He tells us what he will do. While I was cleaning up in the summer, just tidying up the house, I found this um, list of, well, the title is, if you want to know who you are in Christ, then just insert your name into the block below, which is interesting. This is, Nick did this exercise. So I have these 301 adjectives. I'm sure there are many more in the Bible, but somebody's gone through the trouble of finding out lots of who God says you are. So this is Nicholas. It goes, Nicholas is adequate, 2 Corinthians 3.5. Nicholas is the apple of God's eyes, Zechariah 2.8. You are not ashamed, 2 Timothy 1.12. You are beautiful. You belong to God. You're a child of God. You're a conqueror, Romans 8.37. You're controlled by the love of Christ. You are delivered. You are enlightened. You are enriched in everything. You are equipped you have every good thing. You are filled with the fullness of God. And there is 301, like I said, in this particular one. But this is all from the Bible. So I feel like my call to you this morning is to get into the Word. God is calling us to get into the Word. We are only going to be renewed and transformed if we get into the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to walk through us. And I really believe that God would have spoken to some people even before they got here today. I believe that this word would be a form of confirmation to some people of what God is already saying to you. To get into the word, to allow the word to change us. So for instance, practically, coming to church. Come to church with your Bible. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. Coming to church as a Christian without your Bible is like a farmer going to work without their tools. Yes, you can do a lot, but you could do more. You allow God to speak to you even in the service. Coming here is not really like, it's not a passive thing, it's an active thing. God is doing something. What if he speaks to you and wants you to say something? You haven't got your Bible. So I feel like there's a call to something in these days. God is calling us to more. He's raising up an army. He's doing something in this nation, in our town, in our cities. And we all have a part to play. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is good, is God-breathed. Is God-breathed. Is useful for teaching, 
rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So this is not a call for behavior modification, by the way. I hope you've got that. It's a call to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. We are being called to cultivate a live relationship with God through the help of the Holy Spirit. We're being called to an active prayer life, to seek God daily in every way. God is interested in every aspect of our lives. He's interested in your Mondays to Saturdays, not just these Sundays. And how do we know we're being transformed? I don't think there's like a measure because with everyone, it's different. You know, we all have a different work with God. And God, we all have different pace in that. But there will be changes that you will see. Because like I said, it's an inward thing, but it, it spills out. It spills out. Everything starts to change when you allow the Holy Spirit to walk in you. The Bible says that when we become born again, behold, all things are passed away and all things have become new. You notice in moments of making key decisions that you're changed. You notice in in moments of making key decisions. You notice maybe appetite for some things suddenly change. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So for instance, somebody, um, let's say you're someone who goes to work, you're in the habit of calling in sick, you know, just because you don't feel like it. I know it's, it's something we do in our culture, isn't it? It's like, it doesn't hurt anyone. I put in all my, I do all my hours and I even do overtime sometimes. So calling in sometimes, so calling in sick sometimes doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt anyone. If you're being transformed, you pick up the phone one morning and you're about to say, I'm not feeling well. And the Holy Spirit will tell you, but you're well. So you should go to work. And in that moment, you have a choice. You see, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, somebody once said. You have a choice in that moment to go. You can still make that call, even when the Holy Spirit convicts you. And that's the reality. But you have a choice in that moment to go, actually, no, I won't. Because I walk as unto the Lord. And that's a moment, that's a moment of growth. That's a moment that you make the key decisions. It's a moment of making key decisions that you know whether you're changed or you're changing. We have the whole of our lives, by the way, to keep transforming. So in those moments, you notice you're being transformed. Our perspectives also change. Your priorities, you realize, change. We had the pleasure of going away over the summer. We were in America, and um, we moved, we went to two states. So we were flying from one state to the other, and I sat by the window seat. And as the plane lifted up, which I'm sure you probably all experienced, you kind of like, everything starts to get really smaller. And I just felt God in that moment said to me, that's how my perspective is from yours. You see, when, when I was in the plane and all the buildings that were 
how many feet, you know, the skyscrapers, uh, massive buildings. I was small next to those buildings. I was tiny, inconsequential. And then I was lifted on this aeroplane and I could see streets linked and houses and things I could never see from where I was standing before. And I felt God say, that's how it is when you have my perspective. You are able to make links that you could never make before. Things that were suddenly big, things that were big before will suddenly become small because you're looking at it from a godly perspective. God is the almighty God. Everything is small to God. So when you're looking from his perspective, everything changes. It's really quiet here. (laughs) But I really feel like it's a word for this season. There was a story, I'm going to, so before a response, um, before I even knew I was going to preach, there was, I heard this story about a business in America. They're called Chick-fil-A. And um, I think they're quite old, but they're suddenly in the news for whatever reason. And one of the things that stands them out is, it, they're Christian, I think the founder or the chief exec or some, someone there in Making decisions as a Christian. And so Chick-fil-A is in the same business as McDonald's. And so their main competitor is McDonald's. But they don't open on a Sunday. And that was a corporate decision for them. Now, what is interesting about that is in America, Saturdays and Sundays are the busiest days for fast food industry. So if you're a fast food industry and you choose to close your door on a Sunday, that's like business suicide plan in a sense. But they made that. But the statistics show that everywhere you have a Chick-fil-A and a McDonald's, they outsell McDonald's every single place. Isn't that God? And, but we are always afraid. <laughs> We're always afraid to make a stand for God. And I just feel like God is saying... Rest in me. I can do all things. In this season, he's calling us to not be afraid, to be bold, to be courageous. I'm going to invite the band back now. Please. And part of my preach my, this morning is that there's going to be a response time. It's all part of the preach. Because we're going to look at what we do now. What we do, our response is still in that same scripture, Romans 12, but now verse 3. And he says, this is Paul writing to us in Swindon, Christians in Swindon. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given you. Would you please stand?
So I really believe this morning that it's a searching moment. David said, search me, O God. I feel like God is saying to us this morning, search me, O God. Search me and reveal to me my heart, my mind, my priorities, my perspectives. I feel like God is saying, submit to me. Interestingly, I read, also read this morning, submission is from a Greek word called hypotasso. I don't know if I've pronounced that well. It's to willingly place oneself under the authority of another. God is asking us to willingly, he's after our will this morning. He's after your will. Is after my will. This preach is not just for you. I was seriously convicted while preparing for this. He's asking us to trust him. He's asking us to be obedient to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And I was also reminded to tell you today that this world is not your home. This world is not your home. If you put everything that you put above Christ in the the context of the fact that this world is not your home, it changes everything. We're here for a short time. The Bible says that we're, we're like mist, here today, gone tomorrow. But you know what? We're here for purpose. God's put you here for a purpose, and he values you, he loves you, but he has a work for you to do. And that's the call that I believe that God's placing out this morning.